Welcome to Making Bank, the show for Bankless DAO by Bankless DAO, where each week we highlight a project and a personality from inside the Bankless DAO. We want to showcase the work that we do and the people who do it. This is our story as we journey to become more bankless. If you want to learn more about what it is that we do, then just keep listening. We hope you enjoy today's episode of Making Bank. Today's episode is brought to you by Bankless DAO's Podcast Hatchery, the podcast accelerator program by Bankless DAO. The Podcast Hatchery is a revenue-producing and mindshare-expanding opportunity to drive the bankless message and vision. It will empower individual creators to develop their own content, improve their production skills, grow an audience, and so on. Have a show idea? Want to get experience? The ins and outs of producing a podcast? Or just curious? Drop by the Podcast Hatchery channel in the Bankless DAO Discord server. At first glance, you might think the Ultrasound merch team was just another merch store trying to go crypto, where you can go to purchase your favorite digital designs from some personality or artist you want to support in Web3. And if that's all you're really looking for, they've got you covered. But if you take the time to look, you'll realize that saying Ultrasound merch is just a merch store is a little like saying an NFT is just a JPEG. Over the course of the next few minutes, Let's peel back that outermost layer of simply being another merch store. And together, we'll dive down the rabbit hole to explore how Ultrasound Merch is trying to solve a multitude of problems with the way our supply and demand merch stores currently operate, while cultivating a setting where artists and fans celebrate their communities. First, we have the suppliers of the physical goods. The shirts, hoodies, jackets, hats being customized, whatever the merch is that you're looking to sell. Let's say you want to buy a new jacket. Well. If it's a luxury fashion jacket, the store's initial order has to be placed 10 months ahead of time without knowing how much to buy to satisfy the demand. And more specifically, which sizes will even sell? So the suppliers run a credit check and the validity of your name and banking status, among other things, to determine your credit worthiness. But if these past few years have shown us anything, it's that a lot can happen in 10 months that can affect credit worthiness. And If something happens that shocks the demand side of the supply-demand equation, the supplier ends up getting shorted to no fault of their own. The credit-based system is flawed, and this is just one of the problems Ultrasound Merch is looking to solve. Because all transactions are entirely on-chain, from the suppliers to the consumers, the Ultrasound Merch team is developing NFT receipts, which splits the revenue between the supplier, printer, shipper, curation team, and the artist, all of that the moment that the purchase is made. No more chasing down payments. No accounting department necessary. It's all done instantly at the point of sale. Now I know what you're thinking. Did my ears deceive me? Or did he just say NFT receipts? Yes, I did. What does that mean? What doesn't it mean? A typical receipt can grant a person proof of purchase. But an NFT receipt provides not only that, but also proof of authenticity. An NFT receipt will permit only verified customers to leave a review. NFT receipts will allow creators to build in value for their communities, such as discounts for future purchases, potential airdrops from artists, and more. Artists will have a novel new way to thank you, their fans, for supporting them. There are endless possibilities for artists, teams, and communities to build in value for themselves and their own communities. Speaking of value for a community, 
I think I can speak for everyone when I say, we would all like to be able to spend some of the tokens that we're accumulating. Use my bank tokens to purchase a hoodie from one of my favorite artists? Or on a custom Bankless DAO marketing guild tee? Yes, please. There is a lot of work happening in the background of Ultrasound Merch to make it possible to use any ERC-20 token, and even on L2 and in gas-friendly ways in the near future. That's yet another advantage of Ultrasound Merch being crypto-native. You will have the ability to use community coins to pay for community merch. At the top of the list is providing a way for Bankless DAO members to get their merch with their bank. Part of the Ultrasound Merch brand is that they are quote, ultrasound, in every way that they interact with artists, customers, and entities in the supply chain. The obvious piece of being ultrasound is that the records are on-chain. But, as a brand, they also consider themselves to be ultrasound in that they put their name and reputation on every step of the process. That means ethically sourcing their materials. It means sustainable production practices from places that pay living wages. It means sustainable shipping. Are you placing an order in Australia? They'll have a printer there. Print and ship it to you, rather than printing it elsewhere and then shipping it halfway around the world to you. This idea keeps on going down the line until the product ultimately reaches you. That product, by the way, is also assured to be high quality and evergreen. Those are also parts of Ultrasound Merch's stand. High quality, as their base t-shirts and hoodies are all 100% organic cotton. And evergreen, meaning that the product you want is never out of stock or out of fashion. How can they promise that it's never out of stock? They do this by having an Ultrasound merch blank that all DAOs and communities use to print their designs on. These blanks have a very subtle Ultrasound merch logo on the back and on the hemline, so that you can always be assured you received a genuine Ultrasound merch product. Now I know what you might be wondering. Is this just a crypto-specific solution for something that's already been solved via Amazon Logistics? And to that, I would have to say no. Crypto aside, and without giving too much away, Ultrasound Merch is looking to solve issues that no other merch brand is currently looking at. While the Ultrasound Merch team is very much building the plane as they're flying, they were able to launch their first round of merch at ETH Denver this past week to a very receptive audience, receiving hundreds of orders and requests for collaboration. So if you're looking for a Web3 native solution to support your favorite artist, build your community, or celebrate your crypto identity with a physical product to show off to the rest of the world, look no further. Ultrasound Merch has you covered. Hi, I'm Drost. In this episode of Making Bank, I'll be talking with Tessa a crypto hedge fund manager and member of Bankless DAO. In this fascinating conversation, we talk about her career path, what got her into crypto and Bankless DAO specifically, and we'll hear how you can get involved in something called Bike Club. We hope you enjoy it. Hi, Tessa. How are you today? Hey, Joseph. I'm great. Thank you. We're just getting started with the uh, Making Bank show and the podcast Hatchery, and you're one of the first guests. Oh, I'm really honored. Thanks so much. Yeah, it's be a lot of fun. You are T-E-S-A underscore D-A-A. Well, D-A-A is like the initials of, of my hedge fund. And for some reason, I thought I needed to, to create a, uh, like a, whatever, a handle that people could associate, which is kind of cool and kind of not cool. I'm like, yeah, okay, I just dox myself with me, so who cares about that? 
how long have you been with the Bankless DAO? Have you been here since since the beginning? I have been here since the beginning. It was uh, I basically got the airdrop after being uh, a newsletter subscriber, and that's that's basically how it started. And it was my first experience with the DAO, so I said, okay, now that I have tokens, I can be a participant. Let me let me just try to participate. I'm curious about that. Do, would do you want to talk about your prior experience a little more, or, or would you rather move on and talk more about Bankless DAO? Because I am curious about it. You having worked for a crypto hedge fund? It's a it's a market neutral hedge fund, um, so we don't take directional bets. It's very similar to what I've done before in trading. Um, the the DeFi side is a little bit different, and I jumped into crypto in 2019, kind of dragged in by a ex coworker of mine. I had zero experience, but I've been a, a trader uh, for almost all of my career. Um, so it was it was just the same strategies, just a different product and you know, looking at different protocols is, is new and exciting. I think the early stage investing is, is definitely very exciting. Um, and, and that's kind of what led me to the participation in, in the Bankless DAO was the opportunity to, you know, help create and coordinate Flight Club, which is uh, a venture DAO. Ah, yes. The thing we don't talk about. We, we are starting to talk about the thing that we don't talk about. Uh, we can't give out details, but we can talk about the thing. So this is probably probably the best opportunity for me to to talk about it. If there's questions that you want to want to know, yeah, maybe you can just uh, give a little overview of the thing, <laughs> and, and for people that might be listening or for the first time or, or, or aren't really familiar with you or the project you're working on. Um, uh, that project is Fight Club, and the the running joke, of course, is the the first rule of Fight Club is we don't talk about Fight Club. Yeah, and. Um, Part of the reason for that is, of course, the the uh, uh, you can explain it better than I can. But in terms of the accredited investor exactly. uh, side of things, and all the uh, the issues around uh, financial advice, and the primary reason why you we aren't talking a whole lot about that right now, is that correct? That is a hundred percent correct. Uh, when we first started Bike Club, it was Bike Club in itself was just going to be a venture DAO, um, and at that point, we can't talk about venture DAO because that would be you know kind of marketing. But since that point, Fight Club has morphed into like a little a mini sub DAO project within Bankless DAO. And we have an education program and we're creating a due diligence program. So we're creating avenues for people who don't necessarily have the financial skill set um, to evaluate, you know, protocols, um, crypto projects. And, you know, eventually we're giving them an avenue to hopefully move into either uh, venture capital analysis um, and to be able to evaluate projects on their own. So it's it's morphed into from being a singular venture DAO to being this sort of umbrella, I guess, entity that will have other venture DAOs. You know, people can still participate in that. Um, whether you're accredited, we're hopefully going to create a couple of, of venture DAOs where you don't necessarily need to be accredited. Um, and, and a second part, which is the educational program. So you know, people can come and learn how to do some of the analysis and support the funds and the DAOs. I did see that you're developing this junior analyst uh, learning program yeah. where someone would normally have to go to through an MBA program. Isn't that right? To, to be able to, to, to build some of the skill set. Yeah, you're 100% right. Like the traditional route of VC is you cut your teeth two years in investment bank. 
and you go to an MBA program for two years. Then you become an analyst, hopefully at a VC firm, and then you work your way up. And it's it's very limited in terms of who can attend that, right? And who has the opportunity to participate in that that field. And I think what crypto has shown is that you don't necessarily need to go that route for any of it, right? You can you you can identify teams, you can identify um, projects that are up and coming, and you know, if you're if you know what to look for, and if you're willing to do the hard work and do the due diligence yourself, right? That's the entire ethos of crypto: is do your own research. Um, you know, you you can participate in these things, you can learn, and, and you can contribute. So we're trying to level the playing field, um, and that goes with the bankless ethos uh, to bank their own bank. And um, you know, it's it's going to be a great experiment to see if we can support to create a, a bunch of venture DAOs supported by, you know. And a due diligence team of analysts all over the world, regardless of their backgrounds. The goal is to create the environment that you're always learning and you can learn from the new person and the new person can learn from you. You want to keep it, you want to keep it flat and you want to be able to share your knowledge. There's no point in just hoarding it. There's absolutely zero point, right? The, the entire point is if you, if you want to grow and even if you want to progress your knowledge, you have to share, you have to educate to learn people yeah learning something new with the intention and expectation that you're going to be teaching it to others is is a powerful learning tool itself yeah that's one of the cool things about the DAO. everything around blockchain and web3 is still so new I, th- I think that might be the advantage of Fight Club is we're just always under an assumption. Nobody knows how we do it anyways. We have to explain everything anyway. And it's always, I mean, to some effect, it's always quite, quite nice because there is no expectation. So when we can lay the, the roadmap, people are often quite surprised. Like your, your response to what the vision was is, is quite positive, right? And like, oh my God, that's amazing. And and that's kind of the benefit of, of kind of being in stealth mode and then being like, okay, this is what we initially were and then this is what it's kind of grown into and then this is where we want to get to. And, you know, can you be part of that journey with us and can you help us get to there? And I think once, you know, because of that stealth mode and, you know, because people have like random expectations in their own head, when we actually put out there what the vision is, it's uh, it's quite... It's, it's quite exciting. So, yeah, it's, it's worked to our advantage, I would say. Yeah, I think maybe um, some of the early uh, expectation for what Bike Club is going to be or, or the discussion of the venture side of it, I think maybe some folks that may not have the capital to participate may have felt like they didn't have a place there. Um, but really it's, it's, we want to let people participate. That's, that's the entire thing. It's to let people participate. Um, and I think there's ways, I think going forward besides these first few funds. Um, I, I listened to a podcast with YGG and I've, I've been a, a big fan of what Axie's business structure is and the changes that he've helped in, in the Philippines and in Southeast Asia. Like I, you know, as you know, I went through the NFT phase and I was in those NFT discords, you know, trying to get a whitelist. And I was talking to all these people from the Philippines and they were just telling me how Axie's helped them so much. And as I travel through, I travel a lot through like Latin America and a lot of third world countries. It, 
I'm like, oh my God, if, if only these, you know, if, if these people knew about it, like they'd be doing it. Like I see people working with scrapping life, like a hundred dollars, you know, and there's free Wi-Fi. Like there's Wi-Fi in some of these, like their little countries that's cheaper and better than what's. Yeah. I mean, I've had better internet in the middle of the jungle than I have at my house here in the States. A hundred percent. They have their speeds, the speeds that they have for a fraction of the cost of what you pay for like 20, you know, 20 MBs in the U.S. is it's ridiculous. So like, can you imagine what Axie would do to, to basically just that in America and even like Brazil and all these other countries, not in Africa. And uh, yeah, like seriously, when, when that podcast was going, I was like, there's absolutely no reason why we can't use Bankless out as a media hub to create these videos, to educate those communities, to partner with YGG and their programs and to like, you know, create another fund within Fight Club to like manage and like just basically power this games to change lives. Yeah. Right. That's, that's the ultimate like win, win, win. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting to that point and hopefully we can get to that point maybe by the time permissionless gets there. I don't know. That's me pushing it on my own timeline. <laughs> so Tessa, earlier you had described kind of that, that process and going through the MBA program and, and all that and cutting your teeth, if you will, for those first couple of years and um, going through that whole process. Is that your, has that been your career path prior to, prior to getting into crypto? <laughs> no, it probably should have been, but that is the, I am the anti-career path actually. Um, I think the traditional route, even for traders, is that when you get out of school, you go to either a trading program or investment bank and they hire, you know, nowadays they take computer backgrounds or engineering backgrounds and, and you go through a pretty, pretty good training program. I did the total, complete opposite of that. And I kind of went through the back door of um, how to become a trader. And um, this is, I guess the path was, the way that I went is probably the traditional path of back in the day when there were still floor traders. Like floor traders were pretty much just street smart people that kind of, you know, came up and worked their way on from being trading assistants to junior traders and floor clerks. And then and they became a floor trader. Um, I didn't grow up in the pit. Um, I started on a convertible bond desk. I was a statistical analyst and then kind of just worked my way on. And that was after... Uh, that was after just, you know, temping for a bit, not knowing what I wanted to do. And then I, I had a temp position and I saw what the traders were making. I was just in the back office, you know, doing stupid things. And I saw what the traders were making and I was like, I can do that. Like, that's what, you know, whatever they're doing, I can totally do. And it was just a matter of like, well, how do I do that? Asking around it, finding the path to do it. You know, it's, it's, so I understand. I understand that, you know, sometimes to get to where you want to be, you have to go through back doors and in the you know i'm forever grateful for the people who opened those back doors for me and like guided me through there so it's kind of the same same process right if you, if you can if you can throw the rope back and lift other people up you should definitely do that i think in your life the goal is to create the environment that you're always learning and you can learn from the new person and the new person can learn from you you want to keep it you want to keep it flat and you want to be able to share your knowledge. There's no point in just hoarding it. There's absolutely zero point, right? The, the entire point is if you if you want to grow and even if you want to progress your knowledge, you have to share, you have to educate. 
to learn people because I, you know, it's one of the things, um, I'm a black belt in jujitsu and it's one of the things where I actually learn sometimes more from the white belts than what they're probably learning from me because they have this new way of looking at things that, you know, I've, I've learned from traditional styles. I, I might not, but they come from a different sport or dancers or physios. They, they do things much more efficiently or mechanically. And I'll just sit back and watch them do these things that I'm like, I've never thought about it. I don't even know if I can do it. And it's amazing, right? It, it gives me much more, like a lot more ideas. Um, and I think it's the same thing in, in business as well. Like, okay, I've, just because I've learned things a certain way doesn't mean that that's the way it has to be taught and has to be done going forward. It, you know, it's about learning from each other. Was there anything that you wanted to touch on that maybe we haven't a little bit about your journey, maybe how you envision your future here, or would you like to, uh, to touch on another subject you want people to hear about? Uh, well, those are a lot of very good, excellent topics. Um, I might just make a, a, a brief marketing splash for fight club because we don't really talk. Um, yeah, go for it. Um, but this is for, for Bankless DAO members and also for the public. Um, as we start to become uh, our own project in SubDAO, we will be issuing an NFT for participation in the Fight Club. So Bankless DAO members, you'll, get, you'll have the opportunity to make your own Fight Club and NFT. And the public will be able to, which is basically non-Bankless DAO members, will be able to mint their own um, NFT. And, and basically that's to give access to a separate Discord um, and, you know, just act as, as a gate for, for some of the opportunities and projects that we're, we're creating. Um, everything is, you know, we're, we try to continually tie to, to Bankless DAO, um, the use of the guild services. When we make investments, part of our investments will be made with banks so that the projects can spend that bank within uh, Bankless DAO and on services. Um, so it's not that we're separating completely, but we do have to, out of necessity, kind of separate the Discord, um, just just for, uh, I guess, for liability and for, for deal flows purposes. Um, but that's it. I just wanted to to mention the NFT and, and our education program. We're continually doing webinars, uh, which are great. I think if if you haven't tracked it, and if you are a Flight Club NFT holder, you'll get access to the webinar videos, which were hopefully you're going to be able to make public at some point. That's great. I mean, you just dropped some alpha right here. <laughs> yeah. Right here, right here on one of the first couple of episodes of Making Bank. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. You know, speaking of the learning products and, and popping in there in the webinars, um, I did get a chance to listen to one of your first webinars and, and follow along with the presentation. First of all, the presentation was gorgeous. I mean, it was just really well done. Uh, the graphics were, were crisp. I mean, it was, I mean, just from a visual standpoint, you know, you always feel better when, when your materials look great. Um, but it was also communicated so clearly and, and I felt like it was probably one of the best one hour educations I've ever had. I'm so, so stoked about that, that shout outs to the fight to win team, um, Liza and people there, they're the ones that are spearheading that project. And, the graphics were, you know, we I talk about using Bankless DAO Guild services. That was the, the Avian Design Guild there. So if anybody, if you have a presentation that you need done, you need a deck, you know, instead of spending your own time 
fiddling around in my PowerPoint or Google presentations, you know, you can, you can get some professionals to do it for you at, at Bankless now. So yeah, total shout outs to those teams. For that. Cool. Yeah, that's one of the other things. We have so much talent within the DAO. And and granted, you know, there, we do see some overlap. You know, we'll see we'll see the same kinds of things being spun up in multiple areas. Like, you know, I, I think um, uh, Decentralized Law wants to do their own podcast. I, I get what they're trying to do. They might be trying to do something similar where they need to to have, where it's specific to a tax-oriented thing, issue an NFT, that kind of thing. Well, in terms of NFT, I can explain that situation. Uh, you can't you can't issue a new token. You can issue NFTs. So if if, uh, if a group needs to do fundraising, an NFT is the easiest way to do that and to gate the community. Not so much gate it, but it it it, it gives you the efficacy or it, it makes it look like you're you're gating. So that if you wanted to do a token airdrop at a later point, you have this sort of uh, subset of a community um, to do that airdrop with. So it's more of a way to be compliant with the current SEC regulations because they're constantly changing and um, the guidance isn't as clear as it probably should be. So um, this is one of the best practices to kind of stay in line with it. I'm not a lawyer, by the way, so let no, me just No, of course not. Yeah, that. I mean, this is not financial advice. We're or legal advice. <laughs> I think that's a great note to end on. I know you're a busy woman and a lot of exciting things uh, coming down the pike here. So I, I can't wait to hear what's next for Tessa and for uh, Fight Club and Bankless Dow. Uh, thank you. Uh, yeah, no, I really appreciate this this opportunity is to speak on a podcast. This is my first crypto podcast and it's a great opportunity for me to share what was happening uh Fight Club because we don't necessarily get, get to share too much in our community calls. But I think we've we've hit a point where we can start to talk more and uh, hopefully get people involved in joining. So, yeah. can we have you back on again when you have when you can talk more about uh, where you're headed with things and the NFT project and all that? I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah, definitely. You know, um, hopefully it'll be you know before permissionless uh, in a that we'll, we'll have a lot a lot more clarity on things. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean. I always have a deadline in my head of how I want you know things should be executing, but in Dow life, you have to kind of put that aside. <laughs> and let, let. Yeah, so. that, is, that is a bit of a challenge. It's a uh, to, to moving target for sure. For sure. Cool. Thank you so much, Jervis. I really right, appreciate well, it. Thanks a lot. And uh, have a beautiful day. Thank you. You too. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the forum post discussion. In this section of our episode, we talk to folks who are actively engaged in Bankless DAO's governance. And I'm joined here today with Pankar and Justice, who are the authors of a grant proposal titled The How to DAO Book. And you can find the link to the proposal in our show notes, I'm sure, or you can be a gangster and remember the address forum.bankless.community uh, because you realize how important it is to interact with this site and participate in the DAO's governance. Um, okay, so let's dive in. Pankar, Justice, welcome. Um, why don't you guys take us through the proposal? Uh, introduce yourself. What is this all about? What's the summary? Sure. Uh, thanks, Ben, for having us on the show. Um, basically, so many stars came together and aligned for this thing. It's like one of these things that 
takes on some momentum and before you realize it, you were pushing it. Now it's, you're riding it with the wave of momentum, right? Um, the basic idea came um, actually originally from Punkar and he said, Hey, we're going to write a book. Do you want to help? And I instantly was like, yes, because um, s- similar to DeFi, I-, I like to read Kindle. I like to read long form uh, content. And, um, you know, there was uh, other books that have already been out there, like How to DeFi from CoinGecko and stuff. And there's literally nothing on Dowing. It's so new that the ideas started to come together and say, listen, this is an di- unclaimed digital real estate. We can completely grab this and do it in such a way that it brings attention across the entire ecosystem by employing what we're calling chapter champions, which are, you know, kind of Dow celebrities who have been doing this for even a few years um, to kind of like own one of those chapters and paint that vision. And so that's the basic idea. Oh, that's cool. Um, and now I actually have interacted with, I think, both of you in the Bankless Consulting Group and have seen, uh, you know, something evolve there where I think it's called Down the Box. And I was wondering, is there is that related at all? Is there the um, like, are you are you guys sort of incubating this in other areas of the Dow? I mean, I know things happen really organically, but um, like how how did you guys come to, you know, with that aspect of it? Yeah, so uh, I can maybe speak uh, to it. So uh, thank you, Ben, uh, for having us. Uh, so I'm Punkar, an actual part of the Bankless Consulting. And just maybe a little bit on that book, like when I joined Dow, uh, it was kind of hard for me to kind of navigate around it. I joined like many discords, you know, and and try to like contribute, try to do something. And it was slightly confusing for me how, how everything works. And after some time, I was like, you know, if you want to onboard 1 billion people in crypto, which is a bankless mission, we need to help them how they can actually join us. And and it was really like uh, the idea of start writing some guidelines. And then it evolved into the book. You know, I talked to Justin. He was really excited about it, as you could hear. And and we start uh, doing it. And, you know, the the other aspect, and now I touched a little bit on the, on the consulting. I'm basically leading there the product development. He said, okay, so if we help the contributors come in, we need to also have the DAOs to set up their DAO in the way that contributors can come in, can contribute. They are not confused. They are, you know, clear incentives, uh, good governance in place. So we kind of took that one aspect for the contributors, said like, that should be a book, uh, you know, they can just sit down, read it through and understand the DAO concept. But on the other hand, as a, you know, bankless consulting, we want to help DAOs to actually onboard those people to help them with their mission. Sure. And that's that's kind of the product, uh, what we calling DAO in the box. And we are really now like kind of having the working groups and having, you know, the kind of bankless contributor winking on it and helping other DAOs with it. And honestly, 
like the DAOs are excited about it and they really want to use like our experience and build proper DAO, uh, which will really work and they would be able to achieve their mission. Sure. Yeah, it's interesting. As I've been following the space a bit more, I do feel like there is some saturation in this DAO as a service space, if you will. And, you know, I mean, I guess just in, in my own personal experience, I'm, I'm seeing maybe opportunities for there to be, you know, DAO services and more DAO products. And, you know, there are certain pieces of, of business infrastructure that don't necessarily exist at the moment for DAOs, um, but there are so many people in DAOs that have technical and entrepreneurial prowess to be able to develop such things. So I think it's exciting. Uh, but that I think that does sort of, you know, lead to being a little bit saturated and whatnot. It seems like there is this race. And I notice in your proposal that you guys do talk about how it is important to be the first. Um, and so, uh, yeah, Justice, what, what do you think about that? And where, where are we in the landscape right now? Um, if we move quickly, we'll, we'll literally be breaking the ice. Like we will be taking the first steps. Um, it's possible to be involved in this ecosystem and to really lose sight as to how foreign and crazy this whole thing is. Like, you know, we say, oh, we're early, we're early. Go talk to normal folks that are just hearing about, just kind of know about Bitcoin. It's, it's, a, it's a different dimension. And this actually came out in our original discussions. Like, we've been cooking on this thing for well over a month. Um, since since december right um and you'd be surprised that you know a lot of people they weren't as hype on this idea early on it was just like okay okay just because there's an insular nature that comes with working in this ecosystem um and we kind of forget like you know to to kind of put a thread through all these things um it's all about the onboarding experience and what do people want on an onboarding experience like a, a real total noob right they want a website send them to a website that's one reason why my passions took me to be the um bankless website uh, project champion right the other is hey read this book so you send them to a website that truly steps them through what this is how it works and how to get involved in whatever they're seeking here's a book they can sit down and read it uh in the mornings over a few days right um and then and then there's the different audience of like the business owner or the business founder who wants to go deeper and not just be a contributor or participant, but actually wants to be a summoner. I love that term. And with the notable voices reaching a certain critical stature of like the Koopa Troopas and the Peter Pans of the world, um, it's suddenly these names have reached a point where we can tap into those well-known names in the DAO space, but completely unknown among the normal space and make that connection. And it has literally never been made before. Yeah. So. Yeah. And as far and as far as um the consulting and like, hey, it's flooded, I probably part of that as well is our our insu insular nature. How many businesses are out there that set up your LLC or your C Corp, sole proprietorship, help you with the paperwork, run the thing? You know, this is hundreds of years of these kind of organizational entities and the passion of this ecosystem has kind of forced us to maybe, maybe even a little bit prematurely, but it doesn't matter. We love this to say like, listen, this is what we figured out. Let us show you right now. We are eager to show you because we love what's happening here. 
Yeah. Um, and so, so all those pieces kind of come together and make for the most exciting time, greatest technological advancement in, in, in the modern era, you know? Yeah, that's cool. You know, one of my uh, favorite things about, uh, you know, Dow experience is the openness of it. And, you know, if you, you know, I really enjoyed going through the forum posts personally and going to the comments. And, you know, I was sort of curious what you guys got out of, uh, you know, reading through those comments and responding to them and how maybe that experience uh, helped shape your proposal and maybe where you're taking things. Just to shoot this out there real quick, the, the really appealing nature of blockchain in general is the sense that you know when you write code and you deploy it in a Web two state, it's like you you still own that, or someone owns it. AWS owns it wherever it's running. You know, something is totally different in a blockchain space when you deploy something; it has a life of its own out there. And in a similar way, when when the responses started coming in for this how to DAO book, I had the same feeling that this thing has taken on a complete life of its own. People coming out of the woodwork, like hey. Uh, we've pub- we've done set published uh, several books. We can help you. Translators coming out of the woodwork, dude. We will translate many languages, um, and already people surprisingly some of the uh, I can't I'm not going to name any names, but chapter champions say like, yeah, just tell me when and where I want it. And so it's like, okay, this is really happening, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And um, I I think that this has a potential to be even far bigger. However much me and Punkar were trying to dream this thing big, I think it'd be even bigger than we envisioned based oh, upon the great. response. Who who are chapter champions? Like who what what are they do? What's their role? I know that they're 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 writing, but uh, but I, I it seems like it's more than that. It seems like they're you know part community leaders, if you will. Well, um. What it is, is we didn't want this book to just be, as much as we love Bankless Dow, just a, a book written by Bankless Dow, right? We thought, man, we can kick it off, our Dow, as the as the sponsor, the kickoff, right? But the idea is to get these notable figures, well-known, like the Koopa Troopas and Peter Pans, and there's a long list of, of Dow summoners and experts in the place that are masters of ecosystem, community, governance, execution. There are many layers to this that can talk about this and give us the alpha at every stage. And what happens is suddenly we tap into the network effect, which is also on a whole nother level because of it's in the DAO space. Now we're into the composability, the social composability of this, where now these chapter champions, they're part of other DAOs, uh, they're in leadership position. Now that community is keen and interested in promoting this book and taking it on, and it brings a certain uh, social awareness to these authors. And so all this works together, and we're all composably building, um, you know, making DAO could be a household name, kind of like what Bitcoin has become, you know. Sure. And just to add to it, you know, not every DAO is same. And we said, we like, we won't really, like, to have, like, holistic view on the DAO ecosystem and for that we need people from basically all around we need people from like you know investment DAOs, product DAOs, uh or some something like bankless to to give us their view so so the you know the the person who buys the book will really not get like how to join bankless DAO, but really how to how to DAO in general and then they can decide What's the best place for them? 
So that was kind of why we really wanted to engage, you know, multiple people from other DAOs, as we call it, the project champions, to really give us like those different views to it. That's awesome. Well, I appreciate your guys' time. Um, if you guys, uh, assuming your your uh, the grant is funded, what uh, what will be your celebratory meal? Man, um, I think I'll be a bit personally a little more nervous uh, if and when it's uh, funded because that's when the actual the rubber meets the road and we have to go out. Oh, so you're seeking. You're not going to be hungry. You're just you're going to be you're <laughs> yeah. a lot of nervous. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, because between the documented kind of leading thought leaders, there's also like people specifically listed on deep DAO that on chain leadership and reaching out to these leaders and, and kind of like among the leaders we have asked that have already said yes already. My stomach was filled with butterflies with excitement. So I'm going to be far too excited. I'll, I'll have my big meal. Um, you know, when the book is released. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. How about you, Punkar? I think, I think same here, like, uh, the excitement, like from, when it will get funded and also the kind of nervousness that now we need to kind of execute it because for now it it it's it was the idea i think it was you know good vision everything and now when we get the support of the community that's something what like really will be enough i would say because i will be kind of proud that we are doing something what supports the bankless mission and you know as Justin said, we'll probably have the celebratory meal uh, after the book is published. All right. Well, I guess this is going to become more of a diet for you guys, but that's great. Um, <laughs> I uh, I look forward to touching base with you guys uh, after the book is written, doing this again. Absolutely. Us too. Yeah. Thank you, Ben. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Making Bank. If you like what you heard, please hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications, and give us a rating on your favorite podcast app. We'll see you next week on Making Bank.